Well, please do be seated, and uh, good morning from me. My name's Simon. I'm one of the ministers here, and I'm thrilled to have this opportunity to share with you. And today, and through every Sunday in August, we're going to be looking at uh, messages and themes in the book of Psalms. We won't be following it systematically, but uh, each Sunday morning, our speaker will be sharing something that God has been saying to them from the book of Psalms. And today, if you've got a Bible, please will you turn to Psalm chapter 40. Psalm 40, and I'm going to read from verse 11. And this really spoke to me on Monday, and uh, hopefully you'll be encouraged by it. So the psalmist writes, in fact, he's praying, Do not withhold your mercy from me, O Lord. May your love and your truth always protect me. For troubles without number surround me. My sins have overtaken me, and I cannot see. They're more than the hairs of my head, and my heart fails within me. Be pleased, O Lord, to save me. O Lord, come quickly to help me. May all who seek to take my life be put to shame and confusion. And may all who desire my ruin be turned back in disgrace. May those who say to me, aha, aha, be appalled at their own shame. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation always say, the Lord be exalted. Yet I am poor and needy. May the Lord think of me. You are my help and my deliverer. Oh my God, do not delay. Let me just underline verse 12 again. For troubles without number surround me. I recently started uh, reading a book about underground, underwater cave uh, caving and diving rescue, and I stopped quite quickly. And the fact was that I found the book really oppressive. Diving through a waterlogged chamber so tight that you almost have to dislodge and dislocate your shoulders to be able to get through these narrow, constricted uh, pathways underwater, under a million tons of rock, seemed to me like a complete nightmare, kind of Dante's fifth circle of hell. Why would anyone do that for pleasure? Anyway, I was reading it, and I put it to one side. I don't know why I started reading it, to be honest, because I know some of the things that I've always struggled with. And one of those is a kind of fear of constricted places. I don't know where it originated from. I've had therapy, ghost busting, inner healing, you know, walking by faith, repenting, renouncing, renewing, everything. But I still have this sort of agoraphobia and claustrophobia and this fear of constriction, where there are no exits and I can't get away. So you can imagine that this book was a complete nightmare. It, being hemmed around by impenetrable rock, submerged in water, unable to see where you're going, what a complete nightmare that is. 
at times in my own life, being personal here this morning, it has felt that my whole existence was like that, that I was just overwhelmed and trapped and penned in and hemmed in and constricted. And whichever way I looked, there was no exit. There was no escape route. There was no clear path to follow, and it seemed there wasn't much light. So this morning, I'm preaching to myself. And as I reflected on this theme at the start of the week, I've been trying to draw encouragement for me. But I hope that it's a word that will also encourage you this morning. Because I suspect many here may feel something like that. A sense of suffocation, sense of restriction, constriction, that you are surrounded, as the psalmist puts it. Lost at night in a maze without exits and the air being squeezed from your lungs. I've had a number of emails this week where people seem to be in that place. One priest wrote to me and said he wanted to resign. He just couldn't take any more. And he was struggling with mental health, partly brought on by COVID, partly brought on by the fact he's done 1,100 funerals. And he's just engulfed in it. A friend wrote to me to say that his wife was up all night, through the night, weeping, with a newborn baby that she can't seem to satisfy and send to sleep, and an under two who is demanding, and her life just seems hemmed in by the demands with no way out. Another pal wrote to me this week to tell me that he'd lost his job, that COVID had destroyed their plans for the future, that financially they're really on the uppers, and then he became seriously ill and was in hospital. And then someone else spoke to me and told me that they are being hounded and surrounded by guilt of stuff that they did many years ago. And so this psalm spoke to me this week when I read it. And I told her the song that we sang earlier. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I face my battles. It may seem like I'm surrounded on all sides, but I'm surrounded by you. So if you're in a battle today, if you're feeling that you are trapped, confined, and that pressure, trouble, anxiety, difficulties, enemies are crowding in, then I hope there's some comfort here for you. Firstly then, it may look like you're surrounded. This is one of the constant themes, like a thread that weaves all the way through the Psalms. The psalmist feeling encompassed, surrounded, hemmed in and under pressure by difficulties, by enemies and by anxieties. Let me read a few of them. We've had Psalm 40 verse 12. Troubles without number surround me. The old King James translates it as encompass me, just circling me all around. 
Psalm 22, a very famous psalm that actually is a Christological psalm that speaks prophetically about what Jesus went through at the cross. Bulls of Bashan, it was a metaphor for powerful enemies. The bulls of Bashan surround me. Strong bulls surround me. The dogs encompass me. A company of evil doers encircle me. Four times in two sentences, the psalmist is saying, I'm encompassed, I'm surrounded, I'm oppressed, I see no way out. Every which way I turn, there is trouble. Psalm 17 verse 9 says, deadly enemies surround me. Psalm 18.4, cords of death encompass me. Psalm 109.3, folks surround me with words of hatred. And there are many others. Surrounded on all sides by difficulties, by enemies, by anxieties, by trouble, by death, by fears, by evil, by personal sin. Welcome to the club. But in every one of these psalms, there is a resolution. They resolve themselves when the psalmist shifts his or her perspective from themselves, from that which surrounds and oppresses and encloses and overwhelms and sucks the very breath out of them to the God who surrounds that. And when we find ourselves in these difficult places of constriction and affliction, then we need to shift our perspective from ourselves, even from the troubles that we're in, and center ourselves in a perspective of the God who is with us. There was a legendary American Marine called uh, Lieutenant Puller. His nickname was Chesty Puller because he uh, stood like a kind of, you know, proud, you know, young rooster or something. But he was the most decorated American Marine and the second most decorated um, American soldier in its history. He actually won six uh, military crosses for bravery in World War II and then in the Korean War. And in the Korean War, at one time, that he and his men were surrounded by 10 divisions of Chinese uh, communists. And he sent this message back to battalion headquarters. He says, the enemy have us surrounded. They're in front of us. They're behind us. And we're flanked on both sides by an enemy that outnumbers us numerically 29 to 1. They can't get away from us this time. <laughs> they can't get away from us this time. Every which way we look, there's the enemy. Here we go. And I love that. I just love that perspective. He actually pulled his men through that very valiant defensive action and enabled many of them to get to safety is actually a practicing Christian. And when he died, he didn't want to be buried, as would have been expected in Arlington National Cemetery, but he wanted to be buried in his local church, and he regularly led prayers for his family and so on. And on another occasion, faced with 
battle, he said, Christ in his mercy will see us through. That's what I want to say to you this morning, guys. Christ in his mercy will see you through. And Jesus, our Lord, in his mercy, was surrounded on all sides in order to see us through. And at the cross, he was surrounded on all sides by enemies, by those who mocked him and despised him, by those who had manipulated the authorities to crucify him. In front of him are those who actually did nail him, crucify him to a tree and put him to death. And he was surrounded and engulfed on all sides by all the demons of hell who wanted to extinguish the light of the universe. And then on him is laid the iniquity of us all and he is engulfed and surrounded, taking the punishment for our sins. No wonder Psalm 22 is a prophetic psalm pointing to Christ at the cross. Powerful bulls encircle me. Dogs encircle me. But the enemy couldn't get away from Jesus. And of course, victoriously and gloriously, he overcomes. He was surrounded on all sides in order to set us free. It may be that I'm surrounded. Maybe today you are surrounded. God hadn't abandoned you. God isn't ignoring you. God is not unacquainted with it. Jesus has been there through it for you, and he will bring you through. Brings me to my second point, as you can see. I've just nicked them from a line of a song. It may look like you're surrounded, but... I'm surrounded by God. What surrounds me is surrounded by him who loves me and gave himself for me. I saw a business article this week in Forbes magazine that said, uh, that the, the title of which was, Surround Yourself with the Right People and Change Everything. What surrounds us changes us. Oprah Winfrey, who's not often quoted here, said, surround yourself with people who are going to take you higher. Karl Marx, quoted even less, said, surround yourself with people who make you happy. Warren Buffett, billionaire, said, surround yourself with people who are better than you. Actually, there's wisdom in all those thoughts. And we're surrounded with someone who makes us happy. We're surrounded by someone who is better than us. We're surrounded by the right person who can change everything. And that is the Lord. And the psalmist, as well as pointing out that they're surrounded and articulating and expressing unashamedly this sense of oppression that they find themselves in, also celebrates the fact that God encamps around them 
and God encircles them and God brings them victory. Psalm 5 verse 12, my colleague quoted it in a prayer meeting this morning. You bless the righteous, you surround them with your favor. And then someone prayed, we're all righteous by faith in you. It's not righteousness predicated upon our good effort and merit and us being good. He gives us his righteousness. He qualifies as righteous. And then he pours out his favor on those who he makes righteous. How about that? He favors the righteous. God wants to put his favor, his smile, his goodness, his blessing upon us. Psalm 32, 7 says, you surround us with songs of deliverance. Celebrate in the fact that you freed us. 32, 10 says, the Lord's steadfast love surrounds those who trust him. Imagine that, you on all points are surrounded by his love. Can't get away from it. Some of you know what it is to feel overwhelmed by anxiety and depression and every which way you look, you can't resolve it. You can't see a way out of it. You can't see an exit route or an escape route. But beyond that, all the way around is the favor of God. It's the blessing of God. What an amazing thing. Psalm 34, 7 says, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. The Lord's angel, this greatest, mightiest warrior who hurled the demonic out of heaven. He surrounds us. Why? To watch over us, and to care for us. Psalm 125 says, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds you. And trust me, if you haven't been there, Jerusalem is surrounded by mountains. And as the mountains surround the city, God, (laughs) impregnable, that's the word, surrounds us. This week I've been reading a book by Elizabeth Elliot. Some of you will have heard of her. She was a missionary Bible translator, a remarkable woman who was married to Jim Elliot, a remarkable man who was martyred by the Auka Indians. He went to them to share Christ with them. And as he got off the boat with bows and arrows, they slew him. And after she had mourned, she went to the very same tribe who murdered and martyred her beloved. And she witnessed to them and lived amongst them and led them to the Lord. Anyway, I was reading a book by her this week and uh, she was talking about her experiences and talking about being surrounded on all sides by grief and pain and shadows. And she wrote this, when we are in the pit and the why is choking us with disbelief, God's attention hasn't wandered. His everlasting arms haven't let us go. God is still there. It may look like we're surrounded, but we're surrounded by God. Around us, under us, and over us are his everlasting arms of love. And then Eliot quotes that wonderful story in 2 Kings chapter 6. Many of you will be familiar with it. 
the king of Aram is really ticked off because every time he tries to uh, maneuver against the people of Israel, it seems that his plans have been thwarted, that Israel already know about it, and that they're ready and waiting for the king of Aram and his armies when they come, and they get defeated. And so he calls all his senior leaders, and he says something really wrong here. I reckon we've got a spy in the camp. I reckon one of us is telling the enemy our secrets, telling Israel. And then one of them says, it's not us. It's that prophet, Elisha. He knows everything that's going on here in our council. And he's informing the king, and the king is taking preventive action, and that's why we're being frustrated in our military. They said, right, let's go and get him. So he gets his knights and his warriors and they go to Elisha. And in 2 Kings 6, verse 14, it says, They went by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God, Elisha, got up and went out, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. He thought, oh no. And he freaks out. And he runs in and he says to Elisha, Oh my Lord, what on earth are we going to do? And Elisha famously replies, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. God is on our side, don't you worry. And then he prays, Lord, open his eyes so he can see what I can see. And the Lord opens the servant's eyes. And yes, he can see there they are, and then he can see the uh, armies of King Aram, the enemies who've come to get them. And then it says, all the way around the hills are the angel armies. It may look like we're surrounded, but we're surrounded by God if we are for him. God isn't going to remove his love, his affection, his attention. His purposes, his power is never going to be frustrated or thwarted. God has your back and your front. God's got you surrounded. I was moved when I read that in Elizabeth Elliot's book in which she talks about the loss of her husband. And when she was asked why did she think God allowed it, she said, I don't know. It's a mystery, this suffering, but there are more who are for us than against us, and God is working out his purposes. I've been quoting Psalm 139. I've been praying it all week for myself, where the psalmist says, the Lord hems me in, behind and in front, and he puts his hand on me. Isn't that beautiful? The Lord hems me in, behind and in front, and he's put his hand upon me. The old Gaelic Celtic saints in Scotland used to pray these special prayers. They were called Kaim prayers, C-A-I-M. And the word came to mean protected or surrounded. But actually, it comes from a Gaelic root just meaning circle. 
And they would just pray these prayers and they would actually pray them moving around, facing their difficulties, facing their anxieties, facing their enemies, but almost sort of prophetically enacting this prayer. They would just pray and just move around in degrees and just declare, God is encircling me. God is for me. God is with me. God loves me. God's power is here with me. God's affections are upon me. God's purposes are being worked out for me. God is with me. What a great prayer. Some of you know the famous Irish prayer, the St. Patrick's breastplate, where it just prays over God before me, God behind me, God above me, God below me, God within me, for Christ in all of those. And we need to pray these things when we're surrounded, when we're oppressed, when we're feeling overwhelmed, when the anxieties or the difficulties or even the enemies are crushing in and it seems that we're underwater in a tunnel with a million tons of rock crashing down on us in a dark without a rope to guide us or a light to show us the way. Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ within me. It may look like I'm surrounded. It may feel like I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded by God. I need to finish. You know, there was a great pioneer missionary to the New Hebridean Islands called John G. Patton. And uh, he recalls in his missionary biography or autobiography how on one occasion his mission station was surrounded by these fierce enemies and they'd come to burn down the mission station. This is the end of the Victorian era, and uh, to kill all his family. And there they were, they gathered uh, with their clubs and their spears to destroy them. And John Patton, amazing man, with his family, they just got on their knees and they prayed and they prayed uh, and the enemy didn't come, and didn't burn it down. A year later, the chief became a Christian. And John Patton says to him, you know, when you were all there uh, coming to destroy us, what stopped you? And the chief said, well, who were all those men who were with you? He says, what? He said, who, who were all the men who were with you? He said, we came, he said, but we stopped when we saw them all. And then the chief explained that they'd seen many men standing guard Hundreds, he says, hundreds of big men in shining garments with drawn swords in their hands encircling the mission. So we thought better of it and went. And John Patton realized the angels of the Lord were all around. Rarely are we privileged to see or even to sense that they're there but that doesn't in any way diminish the reality that they are there. And the Lord promises that even though it looks like we're surrounded by your problems, your pains, your difficulties, whatever it is, that he, with everlasting love and infinite power, surrounds that which surrounds you. Amen?
Let's stand. And the band are